Welcome back to Crime City, Colorado. I'm Cammy. I'm Kylie. I'm Mom. I'm Daughter. As you can tell, I'm sick. And Kylie's coming down with something, too. I have bronchitis. Kylie's just... <laughs> That's probably your cat. No. The dog. No, that is your cat. That's a dog. Mm-hmm. Might be a cat. It's <laughs> a cat. So... Just like the rest of the United States, we're trying to thaw out after the whole freaking cold snap that froze us. I didn't want to leave the damn house. My granddaughter got sick. My grandson now is sick. And now I'm sick. Kylie's sick. We're thriving. Killing it. Colorado hit national news twice this week because we're awesome. I know you heard of one. Get your fucking cat. <laughs> I can't. It's just a baby. Stop yelling, my head hurts. Come okay. here, babies. What are you doing? Come here. <laughs> the first one was in Grand Junction. Dude bought a hoarder house. Don't ever buy a hoarder house. Pulling dead bodies out of those houses sucked. But he bought this house to flip, so he was just selling all the shit left in the house, and one was a deep freezer filled with, like, old meat. So the person who bought it was like, cool, sick. I just, I got a whole, I just got this. Deep freezer for, like, cheap. So they're going through the, the bags of meat, and what falls out? A human fucking head. Mm. I'm like, yes. Can you imagine <laughs> going through and fucking head falls out? And you're like, damn it, Henry. This is why we don't buy shit on Facebook Marketplace. Um, I found another article today that they did find more remains in the house, which was, like, hands. <laughs> Sick. Which brings me to the next one. A Pueblo, a Pueblo security officer shows up to work. And gets arrested with a severed hand in his pocket. Because why not? Because that's where I keep my extra body parts. I don't know. Sorry. Stop that. I don't know uh, at this time who the hand belongs to, but he was arrested for first degree murder. So just FYI, don't keep severed body parts on you or like in your house. It never ends well. Kylie, this one that we're going to talk to, this one I'm going to talk about, um, there's going to come a point in the story where you're going to go, ah. I see why you uh, did this story, because uh, if you guys haven't figured out by now, I'm weird. Cindy Lou Looper, Cynthia Lou Looper, who went by Cindy, which literally means her name was Cindy Lou, who was not born in Whoville. Cindy Lou who? (laughs) Was born May 7th of 1960 in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, to Jack Looper and Nancy Burr. She had two brothers, Chris and Buck. And three sisters, Bernay, Melissa, and Marianne. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who names their daughter Ber- Bernay? I'm just, I, okay. Or a brother named Buck. The family moved to the Springs, uh, Colorado Springs in 1965. When Cindy was 17, she had a little girl named Stephanie and would get married in 1978 to Rocky McLuhan. Cindy had gotten a job as a cosmetologist at a Walgreens store at the Uintah Gardens Shopping Center in Colorado Springs. And we all know how much Kylie loves Colorado Springs. Mm. She's going to move there someday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She was working on December 7th, 1982. I had just turned three in that September. This is that old. And towards the evening, it was like 945. She was about to get off and wanted to warm up her car and scrape the ice off. The windshield. So, and I read two different variations on what happened at this point. 
In one article, police were doing a routine patrol through the area and spotted her car in the parking lot running with the lights on. In another article, the pharmacy manager and another staff member were leaving the store after closing and found her car running in the parking lot with the lights on 45 minutes after Cindy left for the night. Either way, her car is in the parking lot running and she was gone. Nowhere in sight and a missing ca- a missing person case was started. Two hours later at a nearby hotel, a security guard doing his nightly rounds found some clothing outside one of the motel rooms. It appeared to have just been like dumped there. Under the clothes was a purse. There were credit cards and money and Cindy's driver's license. The clothes matched the description of what Cindy was wearing when she left work. There were two items of clothing that were not accounted for, her bra and panties. So they were looking into who would want to harm Cindy. They go and speak to Cindy's mother, who had no clue who would want to hurt her. They asked about Cindy's husband, and they were told they were married for a short time. It did not work out, and he now lives in Arizona. Police spoke to Rocky on the phone, who was, in fact, in Arizona, and he gave um, them an alibi for the night she went missing, and he was quickly ruled out. They asked her mom about a boyfriend or she had been dating anyone. Her family said she had recently been seeing this guy named Dave Winfield, and he was pretty heartbroken when Cindy ended things with him. So detectives were like, ooh, spill the tea. Her mom believed Dave um, would have done anything to get Cindy back, to include abducting her to kind of force her to get back with him. I think that's a little aggressive. You will be with me, damn it. Detectives started looking into Dave and learned that he was a frequent patron of a club called Hide and Seek. This was the biggest gay nightclub in the region. So this made the detectives kind of take a step back and go, well, that's not kind of what we were expecting. Now, this was the early 80s, so there was a lot of people who kept their sexuality hidden. Detectives wondered if he was bisexual and wanted to keep that part of his life quiet. They wondered if Cindy had found that out, and he felt he needed to keep her quiet. Cosmo, what are you doing? Sitting down. <laughs> waiting for her to jump up He's on that table. He's a distinguished gentleman about to do his business. He's about to start his very hard assignment at work. I'm, mind your business. Don't. Do you have deadlines? He has deadlines. Yes, deadlines. Dave found out the cops were snooping around and asking about him, so he showed up at the police station. He told the cops he had nothing to do with her disappearance, and when asked if she would have an issue with his partying at the hide-and-seek club, he was like, how the fuck did you know about that? They were like, you know, we could give a shit about your sex life. We really just want to find out what happened to Cindy. So Dave actually had an alibi for the night she went missing, and it was verified, so he is no longer a suspect. Well, fuck. Police had checked the motel room where the clothing had been found, and the room um, had been vacant for a week. Police searched that area of the motel relentlessly and found literally nothing. 42 days later, a 17-year-old went for a run. Now, January is typically the coldest month in Colorado, and Colorado Springs is higher in elevation than Denver, so it's even colder up there. And... They have a small old cemetery on the west side of the city that I will be visiting. Um, It dates back into the 1800s. 
It was cold as hell, and this kid is going jogging through the cemetery when he found a body. Because of the cold temperatures, the body is very well preserved. The body was that of a female, covered in blood, and appeared to have several stab wounds. She was completely naked, except for her shoes and socks. There were signs of sexual assault. She did not have her bra or panties, so detectives believe the killer took them as trophies. It was determined she was stabbed 25 times and raped. This is a remote cemetery with little foot traffic. It is believed that she was taken straight to the cemetery after being abducted, raped, and killed and left in the same spot. She was actually posed by her killer um, in a very weird position um, with like her legs spread and she was sitting up kind of leaning forward. It was it was really bizarre. The killer took her clothes and left. He then dumped her stuff at the motel. At this time, detectives were looking at people who had ties to Cynthia and wanted to harm her. One witness said they saw a dark truck leaving the cemetery. This led to a young man that admitted he was in the cemetery, but only because of the amazing view of Pike's Peak. They were like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. The case went cold. When the case was reopened three years later, they put several people on this case. They wanted it closed. They started from the beginning and were like, all right, re-interview everyone associated with this case and let's see if anything new comes up. When they looked at the guy with the truck again, they were shocked to see he had a criminal history a mile long to include sexual assault. And to top it off, at the time of the murder, he was a dishwasher at the motel where the clothes and purse were dumped. All right, who didn't check this shit out the first time around? The guy's name is Richie Hyden, but he no longer lives in Colorado Springs. He's now in Wyoming and is on parole. Before they waste any time sending detectives out to speak to him, they want to know if he is even worth talking to. Remember, she was sexually assaulted, so there was material. They call the lab and see what the blood type of the suspect was. They call Wyoming and find out if this dude is even a match. He was not. So even though he worked at the motel, was at the cemetery and had a dark truck, he's not even the guy. So they go back and talk to her friends and family. And her friend was like, well, I probably should have mentioned this one guy she was dating. And they're like, I'm sorry. She's, they're like, why didn't you say something? Oh, um, because he was married. Cool. Uh, that is like the number one reason you probably should have said something. She was like, well, I didn't want to say anything in front of Cindy's mom. His name is Steve Carlton. Um, and Cindy worked with him at her second job. He was a security guard and he was supposed to be getting a divorce and he's in the army, but he changed his mind about the divorce and it caused Cindy and him to get into this fight. Shortly after the murder, Steve put in a transfer for the army to South Korea. It was denied due to poor performance. He has been under investigation in the army several times for sexual deviance. There was someone going into the women's locker rooms on post and stealing their underwear. The military police believe it is this Steve guy, but they cannot prove it. They bring Steve in for questioning. He admitted to the affair and said the affair ended a few weeks before she went missing. He was the one who ended it, and she was not upset about it. He ended it because he was afraid his wife was going to find out. He denied um, the underwear stealing. 
He denied harming Cindy, and detectives actually believed him. They do not believe he had anything to do with her murder. So they changed their thought process entirely. They believe this was a stranger who did this to her, which is possible. Someone who was just passing through the area. So they started looking nationwide. They put out a night. Uh, they put out a nationwide broadcast to all law enforcement agencies with details of the murder to see if anyone has anything familiar similar to their case. They get a hit from Saint Petersburg, Florida, mentioning a guy named James Lamar Rhodes. They have him on the rape and attempted murder of four different women with a knife. He is also a, a suspect in two murders. He had abducted four young girls in the span of 45 days. One of the cases sounded very similar to Cindy's case. In 1984, a 17-year-old female was walking to her car after leaving her job at an ice cream store. He abducted her and took her to a remote area by some railroad tracks. He sexually assaulted her and stabbed her and left her for dead. But fortunately, she survived and identified this piece of shit. And physical evidence also proved it was him. And guess where he was in December of 1982? Colorado Springs. He lived there for about two months around the time Cindy was abducted and murdered. Finding him to talk to him would not be a problem. He's, he was currently serving a 420-year sentence in Florida for the attempted murder charges. So they're off to Florida to talk to this piece of shit. They sent one investigator to talk to him, while other detectives dug up more shit on him. He grew up in a messed up household where his dad would beat his mom, and then mom would beat him. He left home when he was 14 to become a drifter. Not the kind of life I want, thank you. When the investigator got to talk to James, he built a, a good rapport with him, and soon they were like talking like old friends. James told him, I could write a book on the things I've done, but they would fry me. The investigator was like, well, just tell me what you, tell me about Colorado. James said, well, I would, but they'd give me the chair. And the investigator tells him, well, what if they wouldn't? The DA has agreed to take the death penalty off the table. James said, all right, I'll, I'll tell you. The investigator said, no, I want you to show me. We're going to take you back to Colorado, and I want you to walk me through it. James said, all right. James was actually excited to show them. He took them to Walgreens, where he first saw Cindy, he said he saw her come out and start scraping her windows on her car and something just came over him where he had to have her. He approached her and asked her if he could help her and she said no. He then grabbed her and threw her in his car. She weighed 107 pounds, so it was easy for him to control her. Now, off to the cemetery. He said he took out his knife and ordered her to the ground where he took off all her clothes. He sexually assaulted her. She then tried to grab the knife, and that pissed him off, and he just started swinging the knife. He said he doesn't normally stab people more than a couple times. So when they told him she had 25 stab wounds, he said, I don't know why I stabbed her so many times. You said 25 stab wounds? Wow, that, that's really nuts. The fuck, dude? When asked what he did with her bra and panties, he said he does not remember. Uh, yeah, bullshit. He has a good memory, so... For him not to remember, that that's complete bullshit. But he, he does not want to say what he did with them. April 12, 1986, he bleeds guilty to first-degree murder and is sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Now, here's where it gets weird. 
Florida gets first dibs on him because he is already serving six consecutive life terms there for his crimes. Once that is done, if he's still alive, which you're right, he would then come to Colorado to serve his time here. When you look him up in the Florida Department of Corrections, it shows his location as Colorado. You cannot find him in the Colorado system anywhere. Where the fuck is he? I think he would be about 64 years old now since he was 26 when he pled guilty in 1986. His name is not on the Florida Corrections death report, so he didn't die in their custody. And I would guess that if he died, it would make the news here in Colorado at least. So he is in custody somewhere, but I do not know where. Cindy is buried at Memorial Garden Cemetery in Colorado Springs. Her daughter has grown and has uh, two kids of her own now. Um, but that is the case of Cynthia McLuhan. And I apologize for my voice going in and out. Um, Kylie does not have a stupid criminal for you, but I kind of do. This woman was on, uh, she got busted for um, possession. So she got sentenced to probation. Well, part of probation is you have to submit uh, urine for drug tests. So she brought her urine to be tested. Guess whose urine she brought? Mm. Her dog's. Sick. Yes, she is one sick bitch. So that is what we have for you. We hope we feel better next week. And we hope everyone stays healthy because this shit sucks. We will see you guys next week.